Hi, it's Adam Bogdan. You're listening to Line of Vienna podcast. Okay, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Love Part Number Seven, uh, recorded on this Sunday night, the nineteenth of April in the year two thousand and fifteen. As you know, this is the outlet we all have to spoil the bullshit, bullshit from our brain, Paul Mundus style. Tonight, I'm joined by the lovely Dan Murphy and the lovely lead tenant, letting agent extraordinaire. We've got two hot items on the agenda tonight. Um, we're going to run through them all at a fair old lick, but we're going to make sure every single one gets all the care and attention that you can come to expect from the top Baltimore podcast in the world. Uh, we're going to start by discussing Charlton at home. Um, Tuesday night's game in front of a sparse 12,994 crowd, according to the club. I think that's a bit generous, looking at the number of seats that were empty uh, at the game myself. Uh, and we'll start with Dan. Dan, Tuesday, Charlton, one apiece. Uh, what did you think? Yeah, well, I seem to have a very, as always, a very different opinion to the majority of Bolton fans on the old Twitter because everyone seemed quite angry after the game, it would appear. Like, everyone was up in arms that we played badly and that Charlton dominated us. I disagreed with that. I thought we had a lot of a lot of the ball. Perhaps the, perhaps the creativity wasn't that yeah. exciting, but then again, we did create 23 chances. I think it was more our finishing was a... Interruption. <laughs> I think more along the lines our finishing was atrocious. Yeah, I think you're right. It was, uh, it was a frustrating game from some point of view, and I, and I think earlier on in the season, I think we would have been a little bit more, more upset than we actually were with the, uh, with the way the game went, because we, we, we played well. We should have won. No, no two ways yeah. about it. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, it's got to that point in the season now that we know we're not going down, we know we're not going up, and it's one step closer to getting the season finished. Um, there was a few shining examples of, uh, of form in the game, most notably Bannon, uh, from my point of view. Um, but, but what about yourself, Dan? We'll keep you uh, keep you going so far. But who else do you think, Sean? I thought now this will be a controversial point, but in the first half, I I put in inverted commas and exclamation marks, capital letters, bold text. First half. I thought Feeney played quite well. <laughs> I, yeah, I said that, Dan. I, I agree yeah. with you. I agree so, with you. Like Liam said last week. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> like Liam that said last slick, week. That slick and yeah. halfway was perfect. That was beautiful. Yeah, it wasn't intentional. Come off it. Oh, the, yeah, ball it him, the ball hit him on the leg and it just happened to go in the right direction. Liam mentioned on last week's pod how um, Feeney was good at keeping all of the ball and just giving it off to someone else. And I said... You know, obviously eating my words again how it was I thought that was more of a negative aspect of his game because he slowed everything down but when yeah. he played up front he, it was, he had, like, not, not to the extent Heskey does obviously but he held it up well brought others in like three times he had three good back heels the one that played Walker in then the one that played Bannon in to set up Lafondra who was a whisker way of putting or uh, equalising I think so he did yeah. play well first half second half he fell completely off the bonnet yeah Lee what do you think I, I will uh... Feel free to, to repeat the Feeney praise if you wish, but just bear in mind that I've got the power to ban you from this podcast. Um, so just bear that in mind and, uh, and give us your thoughts, pal, what do you reckon? Yeah, certainly, uh, certainly bear that in mind, Chris. Um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I thought Feeney put in some reasonable crosses in the second half as well. They weren't great, and I know he didn't have a great second half, but he was far from the worst, worst performer of the night. My my worry is now. I've, I've praised Avik quite a few times, and I've said oh, yeah. he's a he's an he's a he's a Premiership quality defender. He uses class at times. And I think I'm right that he has done at times this season, but yeah. he just seems he looks like a, a, a typical French a typical Frenchman, and yet he can't be asked, and he's just lazy. Yeah. So um, he looks a, a player who I thought was going to be great. I'm starting to change. He's starting to change my opinion, much like Matt Mills has yeah. throughout the course of the season. And that's another player who was. I totally agree. It's one of those that I thought a lot of the defenders were very disappointed against Charlton, although we didn't have a lot of things to deal with. The Davies yeah. form is really sad, actually, because he did he did come in to the start of the season. Like he had a very bad debut against Watford, but after that, he was one. Of, he was a very good defender for us. He cleaned a lot of stuff up, and as you say, he was very composed and. Calm on the calm influence at the back, but his form has completely evaporated in the last few months. He doesn't look like the same yeah, player. I totally agree. I mean, it, 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 I agree with you both. I mean, I, I don't know about him being a, a top class defender at his peak. I don't know about that, but I mean, I, I do agree that when he signed, 
looked like a very astute freebie from uh, from Dougie, didn't it? But post Christmas, I don't know what it is. I, I've taken to watching the beat and imagining that there's some kind of imagining imaginary bungee rope between him and the ball. And it, I tell you, that explains a lot of his movement, you know, because he's just so often mm. he gets dragged to the ball, dragged towards the ball yeah. with absolutely no right to be there, and it leaves so many gaps at the back. In the, it's cost us mm. once or twice. You know, in the last, sort of, as well. last yeah, in the last six weeks alone, it's cost us once or twice, and uh, it's a habit that Mills seems to have taken up as well. And, and and I posted after the game about Mills's performance, not only as a as a defender but as a captain as well. I'm not sure if you boys noticed the moment in the first half when yeah, yeah I was he, right near it. Yeah, he, yeah. Oh, he, he smashed the ball past Tom Walker. He would have had to have had 20 foot long legs to reach that. Ridiculous. Uh, Walker, yeah. Walker, you know, manfully tried to get the ball fair enough. He couldn't reach it. It was such a bad ball. But you should have, you'd have thought that he'd just taken a dump on Mills' car bonnet or something like that because the reaction from Mills was, it was scandalous. It, it, I don't know if Lennon yeah, saw was. that, but you know, I would have been happy if Mills would have been hooked straight away then and taken straight off because that was terrible. And uh, he's got form for it as well. I don't know if you remember the Leicester game last season with. Uh, yeah. was, well, I thought it was with Leicester, but one uh, one line of Vienna reader was very kindly. We did a bit of research and, and proved me wrong. So it was it was uh, it was Chris Leicester Mills. Oh, right. mm. Almost yeah. flat out refused to pass the lesser all night when even when he was the most obvious pass on, refused mm-hmm. to do it all night. It was really, really poor to see. Um, yeah, I remember him being like that with Freckel as well in like the yeah. last game of the season. Yeah, he has got a yeah. bit of bad form for it. It's really strange. I don't know why he does it because you know, in all you know, nine out of ten aspects you'd think he'd be an ideal sort of captain leader, that kind of guy, but I don't know whether it's just in general towards youth team players or whether he doesn't rate the two players that he wasn't passing to. Um, but it was pleasing to see a good two or three hundred people stand up and tell Mills to shove his criticism where the sun doesn't shine because it was a terrible active uh, action to take, especially from the team's captain. I wasn't very impressed with that at all. Um, yeah. But you know, we managed to get the point back in the end at the end of the day. Um, I think I can't remember who, vote, who, who did you who did you vote for man of the match on the night, lads? Who would you say? Well, I think over the course of the ninety minutes, I think Bannon. As well, because he's just been oh, yeah. it's a shame what's happened. Like, which we'll move on to. But I think he's the best player. But I also thought another, maybe another contentious issue. But I thought Dan's had his best game in a while as well. Which again, bad timing. Like, but um, I thought he I had, didn't. I didn't agree with that one, Dan. I, I agree yeah, with but, you see anything, but I, I thought Dan yeah. was just well, the think, same old player that he has been recently. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to gang up on you here, Dan. I'm afraid, mate. I'm, I'm, yeah, I thought he was. Uh, he was nothing special to the point of being a hindrance in midfield as well. He's he's mm. really somebody that I can, yeah. can look towards without. But, but feel free to tell us why we're wrong and you're yeah. right, pal. Go ahead. Oh, well, he's I, I definitely will. <laughs> he's still <laughs> not the play. He's still not the player he was pre the Liverpool red card. Just, that seems to have had a massive effect on him. Even that of the amount of games he's played because he is not the same player. But against Charlton, I thought he was a lot more disciplined in midfield. He wasn't making stupid tackles. He was making. He was standing his ground, winning the ball back, breaking up the play quite a few times, and just being simple on the ball, giving it to Bannon, who can play the more extravagant passes, keeping it simple in midfield. Not, and then the most important thing, not fucking up on it too much. He nearly lost it, but he managed to regain it, and that was in the build-up to our equaliser. So let him off. For yeah, that. I remember so that. Thought, actually. Yeah, it was nothing special, but it was definitely more of a better performance from him than he has been in recent weeks. Yeah, Lee, your turn. What, what about yourself? Who, who came out of it with your uh, your man of the match award? I was going to say man of the match champagne, but yeah, given recent issues with uh, with certain players and alcohol, I think we'll stick to uh, mineral water from now on. But man of the match, Lee, go on. Well, it was pretty, well, like I say in my article, it was uh, it was Barry Barry Benham, like you just like yeah. Dan just said. Um, perhaps he did take the man of the match if there, if there was any man of the match champagne. Perhaps he took it home and smuggled it into uh, into Neil. Danzy's room and they, uh, they shared a bit of it before they went out so yeah so no I thought Bannon like I say he was he stands out every week I think if you I think if out of what is it 15 games he might have played for us now he might be talking a bit more um, I'd say he would have been in the top three for man of the match in probably every game but one or two of those um, yeah. and he, he sort of he did stand out by a mile like he said he's he was putting crossfield balls not like Matt Mills's crossfield diagonal balls which are <laughs> just to absolutely pissing no one Um <laughs> He actually hits it with a purpose and can spot Lafondra's run. Him and Lafondra have got a good little thing going with the bit, not telepathic. It's not, uh, you say Kevin Keegan and Toshak, weren't it, back in the day with telepathic understanding? It's not quite on that level, but it's looking a lot better um, to have two players who seem to be on the same wavelength in the, in the same team 
And I think Chrissy picks up on uh, Bannon and Davies, obviously linking well at the end of the game, yeah. which I, I did as well in the Man of the Match article. And that was lovely. That was great to see. And I think we can fit both of us in our team that season. I think that our midfield would... I don't, can't think of many better midfields, but obviously we don't know who's coming down from the Premiership yet. But um, if Bannon and Davies can be part of a midfield, perhaps with Vela regaining a bit of form, dropping in in behind and... You know, um, there's, there's bright things to look forward to, but I think it was only really LaFondra and Bannon again. Like Lennon keeps saying, they're always, they seem to always be our best players, and it's worrying because we don't know. There's probably only a 50% chance we'll, we'll keep one of them. There's probably a 20% yeah. chance we'll get both of them. And if they're our best players, we're looking towards next season with a bit of hope. Obviously, with Clough coming back with everyone else, coming back weaker maybe, you know, having a bit more of a settled side next season. But if that's what who our best players are, and they're not our players, that is a bit of a worry still. I think it's interesting that... Sorry, sorry, I'm going to jump in here if you don't mind, but I think it's interesting that the the, the players that we are are proposing to be the better two players, in LaFondra and Bannon, the two that have got a decent amount of Premier League experience, and I think it just highlights the the gap a little bit between the two divisions, because you can have someone like, you know, again, like Dan Sfini, you know, pretty pretty reliable first division football with no problem. But they're not match winners, I don't think, in 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 most respects. But you've got Dan's and uh, Bannon and Lafondra. Uh, I think they are. I think that's exactly what they are. And, and it would be lovely to see uh, the two of them combining with Mark Davis pulling the strings in the field as well. Uh, but you know, I think we're going to have to be extremely fortunate for for one or both of those to happen. Um, and Mark Davis so to be fit. But yeah, well, you know, there's more we chance of pigs flying than that than that happening, isn't there? I don't think that's going to happen at all. But one final thing to bring up from Charlton. Uh, what was your opinion on the old uh, the fireflies, the, the mobile phone signal oh, yeah. flashing thing? We'll uh, start with Lee on that one. Well, I saw it at Blackburn as well. At Blackburn away. Um, Blackburn fans are doing it. So whether we just copied... I don't know. I don't really get it. Um, I, I, I was looking for my iTorch uh, app on my phone. Nearly missed a bloody goal. Um, well, not far <laughs> off anyway. So I was like... I just thought... what a, They just... Prove society's gone to gone to the dogs to me, but to me. Um, but watch the game or check the other scores on the night if you've got a bet on, like I did. But um, no, I, I didn't see the. I don't see the point if if it's in memory of someone. Uh, you know, great. It just seemed like a pointless fact to me. I I, I just I despise stuff like that. Well, what do you think, Dan? Yeah, Dan, are you are you yeah. going to be a, a grumpy Victor Melger about it or or, or what? <laughs> As Lee said, when he said, when he mentioned it was in memory of someone, I think that's why he was at Blackburn. I'm not completely sure, but I do remember they were doing it. I remember hearing afterwards that like, it was in memory of someone, like a fan or something, but I'm not certain. But obviously, there's been not, nothing to come out about that for us. And it was a bit weird. I was just sitting there, then realised all these lights flashing. And whilst it did look pretty cool, but a bit, as I said in the article I hasted, I quickly wrote about it for those clicks. Um, it was a bit wanky. Something more like you can see at a fucking Coldplay concert, isn't it? But <laughs> as I said then, it did make a difference at crowd, and we need something to make a difference at crowd because, as you said at the beginning of the pod, it's, it's empty and it's fucking diabolical. Watching the highlights back on the uh, YouTube channel, it's just dead, and it's just like when you can hear players shout on the fucking microphones are up in the stands, it's a bit embarrassing to be honest with you. Yes. Yeah, I, I said the same to my mate. That, you know, that, uh, it, it, it's always interesting these days going to the game because you can hear the players talking to each other. And I don't know if it's just age being against me, but I don't remember that being a case when you were at Burnley or in the early years in the Premier at, at the Reebok. You know, that that sort of thing was a bit. It's a bit mysterious. You know what the players say to each other on the pitch. Yeah. But now, I mean, you, you know, you feel like you could shout down, ask them what you're having for the team, they'd be able to hear you and reply to you. Um, with, with regards to the, the little lights, I, I must say I, I found it a curiosity piece. I thought it was quite interesting, and I didn't know about it being copied from Blackburn. I didn't go to that game, shit fan. Um, but you know, like you say, it prompted us into a little bit of life. And all too often this season, we've been sat on our hands, you know, checking our phone, pissing about, waiting for full time so we can go home. You know, anything that's going to improve the atmosphere, then we, sh- we should be all for it because often enough we've turned around and said that. Uh, the atmosphere is poor and I guess the one time the atmosphere is a little bit increased we're still moaning about it so what can you do OK Chris you've, you've won me round Chris you've won me round it was brilliant <laughs> it, was, it was absolutely just, it, was, it was a spectacle I've never seen before what a, what a wonderful <laughs> moment it was in my life that's Thanks, right Chris. that's right you'll always remember where you were the day that Bolton drew 1-1 for Charleston because that was the day that the Fireflies came to the Reebok now 
for those who nerdy saddles like me, of course, it heart back to uh, to WrestleMania, Bray Wyatt coming out, you know, with all the <laughs> and all that kind of thing, but we don't like admitting that in, uh, in popular conversation. But we'll, we'll leave it at that for now, for that segment. Uh, we'll be back after this short break uh, to discuss Bannon and Dan's, the two naughty boys on the naughty step. So come back to us in a couple of seconds. Cheers. Okay, you're back on love. Pod, uh, love pod, love pod, welcome back, guys. Uh, right, segment number two, uh, probably the one that you've all been looking forward to, uh, I suspect. Bannon and Dan's, they were suspended indefinitely by the club uh, Saturday morning following an un- unspecified incident in the club hotel where they're both residents. Right, so, Lee, first of all, Bannon and Dan's suspended. Now, the, the quote from the club was, uh, sorry, the quote from Mark Isles was that they were suspended after staying out until the wee hours. Acting like inverted commas dickheads, closing inverted commas, and making rude comments to hotel staff. What's your take on the whole thing, pal? Um, obviously, it's it's embarrassing, isn't it? I mean, we don't. It's difficult to know unless you're out with them. Um, Barry didn't invite me on on Twitter. He didn't. Uh, he didn't send me a message and said, "You want to see a few bits." So um, I, I wouldn't know what they've done. So it's it's all a bit vague, isn't it? I mean, were they just obnoxious and a bit? You know, they shouldn't really be drinking as professional footballers anyway, but everyone lets their hair down once in a while, as long as they're not obliterated, but it sounds like they probably did get to that stage. So, it's, I don't, who knows? I mean, it's he's took the right stance, but, he's, you know, it, I think Lennon, while he, while he looked very very strong at first, saying this has been indefinitely, I think he's now said it's just a one-game ban. Um, and he said, oh, I'm, in, I'm in a good mood, though, today. So, he actually said that, and he's, like, he's, he's, <laughs> he's asked to match uh, interviews are quite bizarre, really. It's, that of a man with sort of two different like personalities at times. So I, I don't know. Um, he sort of said, "Yeah, I'm in a good mood now, though." So you know, I'm sure they'll apologise and we'll move on. He's gone from being like this huge problem, which I think he had. He did try to keep in house, but obviously Alan Nixon got wind of it and broke it, and you know, it's gone on to gone on the sun, and everyone knows about it. So yesterday, obviously, yesterday with it, but you know, it's gone from a big problem, which now I think it's been maybe brushing the carpet. It, who knows? It's not ideal. It doesn't give a good good reflection of the club, but shit happens at the end of the day. I don't know. What, what do you think, Dan? Yeah, as you said, it's obviously a bit embarrassing to have to have to suspend your own players and you no know, coming towards the end of the season when we're already missing half the squad due to injury and have to resort to playing you know loanies and well, another loan. Yeah, yeah. Although he, <laughs> apparently he played okay on Saturday, so we won't be too. Yeah, I heard that too. So and then obviously a defender in midfield as well because of it. So. And obviously, it's hard to have a real opinion on the on what's happened since we don't really know precisely what they've done. But when has that ever club... stopped us before? Dan? Exactly. Carry on. Carry on. <laughs> That's fine. But if Lennon and the club feel justified in this part, well, we don't even know if it's harsh, but in this ban, then I'm behind him because you can't. As, as he said, you've got to set a, set a standard, and if you if we want to be taken seriously as you know, a big club and want to challenge next season, then we can't have ill discipline and give people giving the club a bad name when they're supposed to be professional players. So I, I fully agree. I fully, I fully stand behind Lennon's punishment, and if he he judges them to have uh, apologised enough and made up for it, then if they come back in team, then great. But they deserve the punishment that's been given to them. What do you think in the in the, in the sort of line of thought that? Lennon's good mood might have been put down to the fact that we had a good result against Brentford. Do you think that he might have been a little bit less inclined to uh, to, to drop the bands to a, a single game suspension? Had we not beaten, not got the point and got away to Brentford there, Dan? Give that to you first. Yeah, you could you could see him being angrier about it in the game, like he could place the blame on them for not being a bit, you know, for making him making him suspend them, so being short-handed on that front. So you could see him being. You know, venting more of his rage at them had we have lost, but I don't think it would have affected his decision, whichever he goes for in the end result. I don't think. Yeah, I think it's a real shame. I think it's a real shame that um, they behaved like that. And and I agree with what Lee said about you know they're not children. You can't expect them to to stay in their hotel rooms and only come out when it's time to play football. You know, people have got to we've got to let off steam. We've got to do a bit bit of something from time to time. And, And nobody truly knows exactly what's going on. Even you know, even the great Alan Nixon probably doesn't know. In fact, he was probably out getting getting pissed with Bannon 
probably how we managed to break the story so up. soon. But, uh, you know, it is one. It, it is one of them. It, it, it could it could fall either way, couldn't it? I think he's, he's in, in a manner of speaking, he's damned if he does and damned if he doesn't. Lenny, he's got to make a stand for the players. He can't yeah. show any sort of concessions because of the fact that they're both vital first team players. But at the same time, you can't you can't be too hard on them. I think a single game suspension is probably about right. I, I did reply to Mark Howes' tweet this morning saying that I think both should sit the season out, but in hindsight, I think that's probably a bit unnecessary. They've missed the game, they've learned the lesson, and he sent a message out to the rest of the squad. Uh, I don't know if either of you noticed uh, the comment from Tim Ream as well, yeah, and, yeah. and I, I'll probably try and say it in my best American accent, but it was, there's no reason to fuck up off the pitch. It's not going to be tolerated, and that is a good sign. That's assuming that he's from Texas. Um, and I think I think he's right. I think he's right. Lennon's, Lennon's made a stand. I mean, do you remember when Friedman took over? There was a lot of talk about weak personalities in the squad and yeah. how that was going to be a problem to us. And I think to make it clear that it's not necessarily a zero tolerance campaign, but if you're going to act like a dick, you're going to get called out on it and you're going to suffer the consequences. Yeah. It might it might send a message out to other players who maybe uh, thought they could get away with something like that. Maybe maybe using the seniority in the squad like Bannon and Dan's have. Um, and again, we're just speculating in order to try and, and push it a little bit, like like everyone does at times when you think you can get away with something. Maybe at work, you know, it's slacking off a little bit, checking the internet, or do whatever because you can because you think you're an important person there, and they're gonna they're gonna turn a blind eye. Not always the case. Um, yeah. There was one one comment that came to came to light earlier on, and uh, and it's made by my my good friend Dan Murphy. You might have heard of him. Um, do you think there should be any difference in the treatment of Bannon? Bannon's a lone player, of course. He's not. Hours technically. I know he's he's part of the club and it's under Lennon's remit, Lennon's authority to, to criticise him and, and punish him as he sees fit. But do you think there's any any sort of story in the like that line of thought that Bannon's maybe a different topic and maybe even leaning towards the fact that he's our most important player that he'd maybe have a word in his ear and say, Look, Barry, if you're going to sign for us on a permanent basis, that sort of behaviour is not going to fly. Stick him in the team. But then what do you think? Do you think that means you have to treat Dan differently? Come on, Dan, I'm waiting for you. Oh, you didn't say a name, Christopher. I said Sorry. Dan, I said Dan. Did Come you? On. Oh, my, I'm I not said... listening. Oh, no. Hey, um, right. Go on, I'm not repeating all that again, so go on. No, no, it's fine. We'll, we'll edit that out, <laughs> don't worry. Um, yeah, I think it is an interesting point, like, do you treat a better player lean more leaner? But obviously, when they're both side by side, when they're both having the same time, it would it just wouldn't fly, would it, if you gave no, one a different punishment to another? No, not unless the things they did was radically different. But they're obviously not in this case. So, but it is an interesting, it is an interesting like study into it how clubs treat better players. As I said before, like off off air, how it would it's an interesting to look at how Lennon's treated his players and then how Liverpool treated Luis Suarez after he was a uh, um, accused of all you know all the racism incident and how the club stood by him, didn't impose any of their own sanctions upon him, whereas. Lennon's obviously come in and been strict with Bannon and Dan's over it and it is like I say it's an interesting thought as to do you treat better players um, with more leniency so if you know if a, you know, Joe Allen had have been the player who committed the offence in the Liverpool shirt would he have got the same offence same defence as their top goal scorer and Maverick so to speak what do you reckon Lee? Yeah you make a good point um, you know but who knows? I mean, at, at that level, it's a lot more pertinent, you know, about they say about Suarez. Obviously, them standing behind him and even wearing those bloody daft Suarez support Suarez t-shirts in the warm-up yeah, of the next exactly. game, which, to be honest, was it couldn't have been any more ironic. Like players such as obviously, you know, the the um, as, as Glenn Johnson, other people wearing that t-shirt um, for you know. Suarez, but saying that he isn't uh, wasn't right. But anyway, that's another point for another day. But the um, most shameful episode in Liverpool's recent history. That you ask absolutely, me. yeah, absolutely. But um, but yeah, um, well, obviously you can't like I say you can't treat them differently. Um, but you'd like you'd like to think that I'm, I'd be intrigued to know whether um, <clears throat> actually Alan Pardew was called. You know, did Neil Lennon? Call Alan, Alan Pardew and did Alan Pardew answer because he thought it was that prankster or uh, but probably not. Um, but um, when Neil Lennon decided, you know, I'm going to let Bannon sit out, would he have had to ring Pardew and say, look, this has happened, and you know, I'm going to have to give him give him a, a suspension because he's, he's done this and that. Um, it'd be interesting to know if he had to actually sort of run it by 
Paladio or the liaison yeah. officer at Palace or you know someone like that as well. It is good. it's a different kettle of fish because it isn't our our player um, yet. I mean, hopefully, hopefully will be. I'm not overly put off by it. He's Scottish. At the end of the day, and he's gonna have a, gonna have a drink <laughs> once in a while. So, yeah. um, so you know, I. I would like to think that we could treat him differently and then we could maybe bin Dan's off in the summer. No, I'm joking, Neil. Um, we can, I'm happy for both of them to so be given a slap on the wrist unless they've been overly rude to him. What, was it the Hotel Porter they've been rude to? Because obviously it's late supposedly, at night. Supposedly, I mean, yeah. Supposedly. Hotel Porters are, are the pretty snooty people. I've been rude to Hotel Porter, so I'll let him off. I'll let him off. Well, Do you... that's interesting because you're going to be suspended from the next love pod now. We've heard about that. It was going to be an indefinite suspension, but I've had a couple of beers tonight and I'm in a good mood. Now, do you, sorry. Do you, uh, no, Dan, feel free. Off you go. I, I wonder who's going to ask the same question. I was going to say, do you think the suspension will affect any chance we have of signing Bannon in the summer? Exactly what I was going to say. I, 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 think, nice. I think it might, to be honest with you, because if, you know, if you're, say you're, you're, you're working and you move to another department to help out and then, that department want you to sign, want you to join permanently, but the boss is a bit of a dick to you. You're yeah. going to think twice about moving, aren't you? And, and as much as that, as, as much as I would hope it wouldn't cause a problem like that, I think it would maybe, mm. it would maybe leave an element of doubt in Bannon's mind. I know he's spoken before about how much he respects Lennon from a from a, a Celtic point of view, etc. So, so maybe again, maybe maybe not. It's a difficult one there. Clearly, clearly expected. Sorry, Chris. Sorry to cut you off there. No. Um, clearly, must have expected. You know, some sort of, um, you know, some sort of like, punishment for. You know, is it? They must. They know it's not right. Obviously, they've, they've done it because the. You know, like I say, it's you always want what you, you can't have, and he, like, you're not allowed to go out. I don't know why they're at the hotel on the Wednesday. Is it Wednesday or Thursday night? It was meant to. I think it was the know? Tuesday after the game. That's what I Straight think. Straight after the game. Yeah, I think that's what Matt amended his tweet after it. I'm not sure. Right, I think right. it was a Tuesday it was, after the game. If it was a Tuesday after the game, we're not playing until Saturday, and obviously, ugh, I mean, why, I just don't know why they're even at the hotel. Like, unless well, it's Bannon's staying at the hotel while he's on loan, obviously. But I know that, it, yeah, yeah. Does it depend, I mean, does it depend on, I, I guess it does depend on whether Lennon was giving him the, 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 the next day off. I don't know whether they're going yeah. to training the day after, day after because if the you know if like you say I think it's two slightly different matters if you're out on the piss and you're off the next day then you know it's right. not, I don't think it's the end, the end of the world but obviously the club have got a close relationship well the club own the hotel don't they so I guess uh, oh yeah I, I, I guess there could be some sort of internal problem internal process there but if they did have training the next day and they turned up worse for wear and then it, it you know it turned out they'd also been making comments or whatever the nature they were to the hotel staff then it, it it exacerbates things and makes it and makes the offence seem a lot harsher. Yeah, yeah. I think mm. in terms of if we get if it has an effect on signing Bannon in the summer, I think it just depends on how humble Bannon is about it. If he just he seems yeah. like a decent lad on Twitter and everything. So if he if he just says if he like just holds his hands up and says yeah I made a mistake and Lennon was right in what he did, I don't think it'll have an effect. But if he like as Chris said, if he does hold it against him and thinks oh, why would I go here when I might get in trouble for this when I won't get in trouble for it. Might not get in trouble for it somewhere else. So it could. I do worry a bit now, and I would be very gutted if this was a reason. I don't think. I don't think we'll be outside him anyway due to finances. But if, no, it, was, if it came, if it came down to this that we couldn't, that we didn't sign him, then I, that would be very disappointed. Because as we said, he has since he's coming, he's probably been our most important player because he's run yeah. the midfield. Absolutely right. And just to bring this short segment to a close. Do you think, I mean, I personally don't, but do you think that, that the players need to come out and make some sort of a public apology, a statement, that kind of thing about it, to draw a line with the matter? Or do you think we just say, you know, made a mistake, move on, get back in the team and, and get to concentrate on your football league? What do you think? I think I think they'd need to. I think what you just I think you just said um, about um, Bannon coming out and if he said, you know, I think Lennon was right and I, I don't think I've been harshly treated or, you know, I need to set an example and... I take my punishment. That, you know, I think that's the manly thing to do, isn't it? At the end of the day, if you've done something yeah. wrong, own up to it. And um, whether he's part of our club now or will be in the future, he, just as a, just on a personal human basis, he should do that. I feel. Um, I'm probably sure he already has. I mean, to be honest, I'm sure they might have even had a laugh and a joke about it. Lennon might have said to him, "Look, in private, you never know, do you?" Um, he might have just said to him, "Look, I've got to give this hardline stance. I know you're not a bad guy. You've done, done something wrong, but..." Uh, they might have, he might have increased, he might have um, increased the, 
you know, mutual respect of the relationship between manager and, and potential player. Um, yeah. That's not my that's not my dog, by the way. That's not my dog. I don't oh, that's him. mine again. Um, don't worry. Yeah. No worries. Um, and um, so, yeah, basically, um, we don't know what goes on behind closed doors, and just got to hope that possibly Bannon is um, is is still still happy to play for us, and and hopefully, I think we've got a better chance of signing him than Lafondre because Lafondre went for a hell of a lot more money. But it depends how bad yeah, financial situation is. I think Bannon's achievable, whereas Lafondre is slightly less achievable personally. But I'm just I'm I just speculating. I'm just speculating, but you know we'll see what happens, won't we? But uh, I don't think I don't think as fans we're going to hold it against Bannon and hold it against Dan. I don't think we should. Um, we've all no, gone think, out on the piss, so if we haven't, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. I think I think it's important to have, have a bit of perspective. I mean, they've not they've yeah. not killed, they've not killed anyone. They've not driven up driven over someone in Madrid and then got the family to pay the way out of trouble. Any, anything is. Oh, who did who did that? I wonder. I've never heard of oh, that. Oh, I, I, I just don't know. The, the whole thing's been wiped from history. But you know, I, I think perspective <laughs> is important for me. For me, you know, they can get back in the team. Well, Bannon can. Dan can have a have a bit of a breather. Um, I'm just I'm just more I'm just more upset that uh, that Dan didn't invite me to come out with him. But fair enough. Um, or or, or to, that he didn't invite Feeney to go out with him. Well, apparently, 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 Feeney was uh, was handed the invitation, but he miscontrolled it, dropped it on the floor, and uh, and, and moved on. But Dan, to bring this segment to a close after that horrible, that, that convoluted uh, segue, what did you make of the whole issue? And 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 just cap it off in 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 a, in a few short words for us, and then we'll move on. Yeah, it's like I said, it's just a bit of an embarrassment, really. But if they, like I said, they're both very prominent on Twitter. They just both send a little, not nothing massive, a little tweet. Yeah, we made a mistake. We're sorry. Move yeah. on then. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Easily forgiven. Not too fussed, really. Not um, too I, I do enough, think uh, it would. On one last point, I would think I'd find it. I'd, I'm interested to know how Lennon would have reacted to the whole spear in debacle early in the season. Oh. I think would have because if this is, I don't, I don't know. I wonder how he would have reacted to that because I reckon this is. I reckon the spear thing was probably a bit, probably a bit worse. I'm not sure. Yeah, I think so. Really, yeah. I'm like in the middle of the season, going on for. No, a weekend week. I know they're on international break or whatever, but a weekend boozer as a professional mm. athlete. I would. Yeah, I do wonder I think how so. that. Yeah, the so, thing yeah. with that was obviously it was it was sanctioned by the club, um, but in some in so much as that he didn't just sort of sneak off, and next thing you know, he's got it photos on the internet. Yeah. He was uh, with, with the manager's permission. He was over there on holiday with his family. You know, just so happened to take an afternoon off to go and get levered in some pill party somewhere. We So I, I, I agree what you're saying about the similarities, but at the same time, I think the way these things are perceived at the club, one of them yeah. went out on a piss when he shouldn't have done, been a bit of a dick to the hotel staff. The other one went away when he was asked to go, when he asked to go away, he was told, yes, you can go away. And there was a photograph that didn't look too clever appeared on the internet. I, I think it's, it's, it's at six or one and a half of the other. And, uh, and, and on that bombshell, we'll just leave it there for the, uh, for Bannon and Dan's gate. They've been naughty boys and I'm sure they've learned the lesson. Uh, let's get back to football talk and we'll do that after this short break. So lads, toilet break, get yourself a drink, please. Get, finish off your strong bowl. Dan, give that dog a pat <laughs> and we'll come back in a minute. Or two. <laughs> Okie dokie folks, welcome back to the third segment. I think it's the third segment, might be the fourth, I think it's the third of the lovely love pod. Um, again, I'm joined by my good friends Dan and Lee. Uh, and we're going to be talking next about Brentford. Um, obviously, one just came from behind twice to take uh, a, a well-deserved away point at Griffin Park on Saturday. We had a couple of chances to take the lead. Uh, Heskey, particularly guilty for one. Um, Alex Pritchard scored first for them, and Adam LaFondra equalised the game soon after. Uh, Jonathan Douglas scored, and then Mark Davies scored right at the end. Uh, so after the fun and games of Bannon and Dan's getting their you know, little suspension, for all then carrying on that we've already talked about. Uh, I'm going to come to you first, Dan, on this one. Uh, happy with the point away to Brentford? I should think you would be. Uh, it's yeah, secure, mathematically secured a championship football uh, next season, which is something mm. we've been very happy about, I'm positively sure. Um, but just give us your thoughts. What, what do you reckon? Yeah, definitely. It's a great point. Like Against mm. Brentford, um, they're a very good team. They're in a good run of form, really. They've, well, they're saying that. They've Dropped off the farm quite a bit recently, so yeah, never mind that point. But obviously, they are a good team. They're up near the top of the table, a few points out of the playoff places, three for that matter. 
and they are fighting for the season. They want to go up, and who knows when we've like as we said earlier, we've got nothing to play for really for us to go there, get a fight back twice, as you say, and earn a well good point. Very happy with that, especially with the ranshackle side we had to put together with like. Yeah. I've forgotten he was here, Giles Cork and defender Tim Ream in midfield and a youngster Frank held back in. Yeah, I was just about to say after we discussed it on the pod last week, Frank uh, made, made his return to the side. So we had him. Uh, Janko came back from, you know, played a few minutes against Charlton but played a lot more on on Saturday. Moxie returned to the team uh, and Cope came into the side. Um, so, yeah. you know, obviously Landis didn't have a choice because he decided to drop uh, Bands and Dannon, so we had to to re, 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 rejig things a little bit. But what Lee yeah. Beam in midfield? Happy to see that, or do you think it was a bit of a needs must situation? Uh, it's something we've I think we've discussed it on air a few times that um, that we think that Reem is used to the ball. He's, he's an intelligent mm. player, and he, he might actually be better suited to a holding role. I, I, I think he could be, but it takes a lot to switch someone at twenty seven years of old years of age, like to. A completely different position, and yeah, he may have played there two, three, four times for us, but not not more than that, if I can remember. So, yeah, I mean, obviously, I think you called him Bands and Dannon then, quite easily done, uh, Chris. I don't know if anyone puts well, you, know, you know what I'm it's saying, like, you know what I'm uh, it's like, about. like a double act, they're like a, <laughs> like a crime, crime fighting double act or something, something uh, Alan Partridge is sort of uh, I think Barry Bands Dance. and Dannon, Barry, Barry Dannon's and yeah. Anyway, uh, that's it. Was it Neil Bannon in the, um, the pet shop boys, or is that someone else? And I think it's someone else. I think that's that might my be brother, Neil, Neil Tennant. It's Neil Tennant. Yeah. Neil Tennant. Same surname as me. Yeah. Of course you are. Say hello to you anyway. Back in the day. Uh, yeah, I will. I will. <laughs> no, he's not really. Um, <laughs> On that tangent, let's crack on then. So, yeah, Mox, so anyway, Mox, get me off it. The <laughs> team to the field. I'm trying my best to bring it back to your pal. Don't worry about that. <laughs> 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 I'm not a professional host. Disaster. Not that out. Don't worry, Dan. There's no disaster here. Lee, feel free to carry on. Yeah, sorry. Anyway, um, so basically, yeah, it was obviously it was a good good point overall. And you know, if you'd said eight nine years ago to us, uh, you just drawn away at Brentford and it's a good point, then you'd have, you'd have lost them out of time. But obviously, they're doing well in the table, and obviously, it, it seemed like we've um, we've we've played okay. I mean, Heskey missed that chance. Dragged it wide, let it wide, sort of early doors. If we'd scored that, if we took the lead, we might have gone on and won the game. And and I don't know how Ream played. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to go, but I've seen a few highlights. And yeah, hopefully Ream did okay in centre midfield there. And hopefully that's a position where we can use him. And I think Lennon's, you know, serial experimentation of every week. I think this time was a four-four-two with inverted wingers. I think it said on the either the physical website or Mark mm-hmm. Isles said that. That is correct. Um, yeah, so... Um, What's an inverted I, I sort winger? Of thought, a winger who plays in. on the opposite side of the pitch to what foot they yeah. have. Oh, right. So, yeah, so they can cut in. Yeah. yeah. So the, the main aim is cutting in and keeping it a bit narrower uh, across yeah, the four, right. basically, yeah. So, you know, I don't know whether that works, unfortunately. Uh, like I say, shit fan, I have to work and I won't be going all the way to Brentford, unfortunately, but unless someone paid me to do it. Um, you never know one day. Um, so... Um, basically, it was you know it's a good point in it. Like I say, playing Ream in midfield is a nice little, nice little uh, you know option to be there for future reference. And if we don't sign Bannon, but perhaps Ream can sit a bit deeper than Bannon, then maybe we sign some better wingers and change it around a bit. You know, I, I don't know, but it's a it's a little experiment, and uh, it didn't seem to go too yeah. badly. What do you what do you Fair think? Now? Um, it's a shame though because it didn't last too long because the injury curse struck down again twice during the game Moxie. actually. Moxie out, so that's when they scored their second goal, when Moxie was off injured ah, right. trying to get Davis on. But yeah, so Ream had to move back to left-back. And obviously, speaking of injuries and whatnot, Matt Davis made his long... Well, he made a return on Chartland. Everyone loved to see the impact he made. And against Brentford, he scored the important equaliser. And like I said, he's been back. Maybe it was his eagerness after not being played for so long, but he closed down the keeper, managed to tackle him and stick it in, keep his composure at sticking it in there. And say so it's very... Mm-hmm. It's very nice to see him back in the team because he's he's showed against Charlton how much we've missed him with his, just his link playing, intelligent runs, picking out passes that not many other players would do. And I said him and Bannon in midfield yeah. that could be something. The last two games, oh, well, if Bannon is his suspension is lifted, I would just love to see him just play together because mm. yeah. the potential for that is yeah, definitely also bounce. Absolutely, I think we got yeah. a bit, I think we got a bit complacent about Matt Davis. I know I did. 
Um, yeah, during, his ab- during his absent, you know, it's like, oh yeah, Mark Davies is he's out again. Well, typical. We'll just play someone else. And then within five minutes of him being on the pitch, I, I'd more or less forgotten what a fantastic player he is, Mark Davies. Yeah. And it only took a couple of touches just to, just to sort of put me back in my place and think, what a special player he yeah. is. And it's such a shame that he's been here what five or six seasons and he's only played hundred games for us. It's uh, it's mental. I, I, I should I, I should have to think what we could have done if we'd had. I know Moamba wasn't fantastic, but if that if that hadn't happened to Moamba, if Holden hadn't got injured and Mark Davies hadn't got injured, you yeah. know, and Lee Chung Young all at the same time, it's no wonder mm-hmm. we went down that season losing those yeah. four. Those were Absolutely our sort right. of. I know we had Petrov or Taylor on the left, but those three of those four would be we play every week and we lost them all, and it's it you know it's it's, de- it's devastating thinking back really that we've lost. The talent yeah. of those players, more so Holden and Davies of a of a technical ability type. But you know, to lose them all in those circumstances, we've, we've been bloody unlucky. And Mark Davies would have played for England for me. He'd have moved. He'd have moved yeah. on years ago. He'd have moved on years ago if if he'd have stayed fit. He'd be playing for Liverpool United. We linked with him once. Um, he's that good. Mm-hmm. He is that good. And we do take the Mickey a little bit, saying I did earlier, and it's not fair. He, he won't. He's not deliberately getting injured, but. It's it's a huge shame. Let's hope, fingers crossed. You never know; people do recover and and then stay injury free. Let's just hope it's the case with Davies. What do you think, Chris? Totally agree, and and I think that the fact that we all maybe accept that Bannon is is a bit of a pie in the sky signing, all the more important becomes Mark Davies's quest for fitness. I know it's been an ongoing thing for the best part of seven, six or seven years, like I say, but he, he really is up there when he's fit, when he's on form. I can't think of many midfielders in this league. You know, you'd swap for him. I don't know about you guys, but I mean, the, the, the ability he's got on the ball, just the sheer fact that he's faster running with the ball without the ball. The guy's got everything. He, he started to score a few goals before he got injured last time as well. So they were starting yeah, to finally yeah. be a bit of an, an end product to his game. It must be difficult for him to, to mature as a player when he's only playing 20 games a season. You know, it's, it's really, really unfortunate. And there's been a lot of players come to mind that have had that sort of career where it's all been one of the unfulfilled promise, um, you know, in, including Holden, um, myself. You know, there's quite a few people that come to mind. Um, <laughs> Liam, what are you laughing for? Liam Trotter's another one. Liam Trotter's yeah. another one, you know. It's difficult because, like you say, to have Davies at his peak, to have Davies at Peak Mark Davies, he would have been gone a long time ago, and maybe that is a sign of the times that he's remained with us throughout all this because he's not really had an alternative. He's not had a better offer. Um, there was the Swansea offer where the year we went down six million, but Coyle talked the club into rejecting it. Now at the time, and even looking back now, maybe we would have to do that. But you always want to keep your better players. I don't care about finance, me. You know, let, let the club worry yeah. about that. I just want, I just want to see the best players on the pitch playing. He's definitely one of them. And I, I think I, I've changed my mind from last week on the pod when I said I thought we should maybe let him sit the season out and just come to it on next year. Let's get yes, him in the team. Him. Let's get him in the team. Let's get him uh, firing on all cylinders. Get him coming back, looking fit, looking hungry, ready to crack on next season on the front foot. Um, you know, we've got a hard season ahead of us next year. There's going to be some strong teams coming down from the Prem. There's going to be the, uh, you know, Bristol City fresh, and whoever comes up from League One, not going to be any mugs whatsoever. So we do need to have all our top guys at the peak, um, and that will definitely, most definitely include Mark Davies. Uh, how long has he got left back on, on his contract? Is it another eighteen months? I think it's till 2017. So I think it might be two years actually, because Coyle did get him down to a long deal not so long ago. Is yeah. he? It's normal in two. I think it's two, but it might be one. I'm not completely certain. I'll let me let me Google. I think you're right. Continue. I think you're right, Dan. Yeah, I do think yeah, you're right. I think it's 2017. I've definitely read that. And when it, when he actually yeah. signed it, I was I was surprised. I thought, is that prudent? But it's prudent to protect our interest in a player if it he is. does have a full season of playing yeah, well. Yeah, 2017. That means that that means he's worth two point. That means he's worth two point five three million as opposed to best part of one million. You know, we could. Not that, like I say, I don't care about finance, but you know, if, if it finances another, if we have to sell them because the interest is there, and it finances a, a, another raft of signings because we've we've been we've done well to to time down to that sort of contract, and it also protects a player who, who let's be honest, could be injured for the rest of his career as well. So I found it odd that we that we'd done that we'd signed him up to 2017, but looking at it now, it's quite good for both both parties. It protects both parties' interest in the player who's a clearly a talented and coveted player when he's fit. It makes a difference because we've been stung in the past, haven't we, doing things like that? We've, I mean, 
too many to times, ex- yeah. To one extent with Elmanda, you know, we, we signed him for 10 million quid, the three-year contract, and what's the point of that? And then we lost we lost Gary Cale for probably about half of what we probably should have done because his contract mm. was running out because some genius had only given him a two- or three-year contract to, uh, when he was well, renewing. So you're yeah. right, protecting the, protecting the club's interest is paramount and, uh, and yeah. it's nice to There's see only... it working, working in our favour. Yeah, there's only uh, Lasulk, isn't there, and Elker who uh, randomly signed the new contract six months before he left and we got 15 million for him. If people think of Elker as a dickhead, look at that. That was amazing for, of him to do yeah. that. That was wonderful. That was superb. Yeah, what a, what a guy. What a guy. Well, I'll tell you what, have you read that, uh, have you read that book about the about Wanderers forays into Europe? Have you read the Anelka section? I haven't actually. No, no, I didn't know. Uh, well, it's very interesting. It was saying that he, was, he actually was on the, on the verge of signing for United. Um, mm. at that time and then Chelsea came in offered a little bit more money and he went to Chelsea so he, you know you might not have been calling him such a nice guy if he had turned out in the red but then again he would have uh, <laughs> he wouldn't have had that glorious moment where John Terry missed that penalty in the Champions League final and Elke would have been playing for the other side so yeah and then, and then Elke missed the penalty yeah and then Elke exactly. missed the penalty didn't he yeah. exactly yeah. You, you, win, you win some you lose some um, but the, the team against Brentford it threw up quite a few um, new names like you say or, or newish names like Drell Kelvin like Hope um, you know, I know Giles Coke has been quoted before saying that it's a wonderful opportunity for him coming into to Bolton on loan. Do you see any sort of future for him at the club next season, Dan? I doubt it. He's coming. He was good against Bedford. He was solid, but we don't need. We've got enough solid middle of the ground Championship players like Dams, yeah. Trotter, Feeney. We don't need any more of those type of players, really. Whilst I'm not, I'll nothing against him when he's played. He's done all right. Nothing spectacular, but I don't. I wouldn't really want to yeah, spend money enough. on him, really. You know what I mean? Fair enough. It's you're the one. You're the one that's uh, that's been in the news. Today, I don't know if you've noticed it, but it's been flying around a little bit. The uh, the, the sort of rumoured deal to sign Rachelia on another twelve month loan next season. Oh, Lee, yeah. would, you, would, would you be for that, Lee? Um, well, I, I, his away performances it sounded like an Ipswich would unearth a new, you know, Lionel Messi and George Best rolled into one. I mean that 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 run against Ipswich was was amazing, but he looks well. He just he's too. Obviously, he's going to be lightweight. He's five foot nothing, and you know he's not. He might be slightly taller than that, but he's he's, he's obviously he's a player who he's got a low centre of gravity, nips around people. But the the games I've been to at home and seen him, I, he's not suited to the league, and I'd be really surprised if he can. But then again, he, he's supposed to have done quite well away at Wigan as well. So you know, I've not seen those games in the entirety, so I can only go off what I've seen with my own eyes. Yeah. And I think it'd be a bit of a waste of time unless we're paying. Um, Lennon's mentioned about a link up with Portuguese Marcus. He must have some sort of um, tie up with him. Obviously, with Slavchev coming from Benfica, Port- Port- Sporting Lisbon. Lisbon. Ben- Sport Lisbon, and Rutina's on loan from Benfica, isn't it? We've never yeah, yeah. And then there's the Sport, uh, so. then, there's, then yeah. there's that right back chap as well, that Paulinho. Paulinho, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you know, I think yeah. Well, uh, Lennon knows best. He sees him every day. Um, I trust Lennon's judgment, and if we can get him for a reasonably small loan fee, like I say, the, the finances are what they are. And if we can bring him in, it's always a good option. I don't think he'll be an absolute star, but I could be totally wrong. He could he could bulk up a little bit over the summer, mature as a player, positionally and and mentally and technically and physically yeah. and any more alleys uh, alleys. Um, and um, yeah, he he could be a, fi- a right find for us, you know, and he might. We might he might be another player. We go. He played for us. One, you know. Remember when he played for us and we watched him in World Cups and stuff. You never know. You never know. But yeah, um, yeah have a summer at my house, at barbecues and pizzas at my house. He'll be come back a different player altogether. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Say the Yanko came on as well with ten minutes left to uh, to play. Now part of the Andy Kellett deal was the potential of of both players swapping clubs on a permanent basis. I'm not sure whether that'll benefit Kellett in the long run. I don't know whether he sees his future in United's first team or not. But uh, Lee, would you would you be interested in signing Janko to a permanent deal? Um, again, he's been a bit unlucky with it. He had that gluteal injury or back injury or whatever it was, and it sort of stunted yeah. his development because obviously the first the first game he played, he was he was again probably not far off man of the match and scored that screamer, you know. And we thought 
this is, you know, we've got a great deal here getting this lad in. And it's just been a bit more of a, you know, young players get like this. They have little dips in form or they get pick up an injury and then it's a bit of a struggle for them. But he should definitely start the next game at Bournemouth. It's on it's on TV as well, which is, uh, it'll be good to watch and watch it on TV and get a bit of a different perspective. Cause it doesn't happen very often. It's the only, only Liverpool games and uh, yeah. the Norwich games that have been on TV, Norwich game away that have been on TV in, uh, this season. So it's good to get a different perspective of how they're playing like that as well, which I'm looking forward to. But Janko should start the next game, rest Tom Walker, put Feeney on the left, see how he does there. He doesn't do too badly on the left. Play play Janko from the start against Brent, uh, Bournemouth, and it'll be a nice open game against Bournemouth because they're, they're having to go for it. There'll be goals there'll be goals galore in that game. That'll be 3-2, 4-3 Bournemouth, that, I think. Um, we'll probably come on to that shortly. But yeah, um, Janko, yeah, I'd be more than happy if we signed him. And I think he can play the wing-back role. He should be absolutely perfect for the wing-back role. So he can get up and down, he's rapid, he can cross. Yeah, he's, he should be absolutely the perfect archetype of play. You'd want to play the wing-back role. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, we, we should sign him, yeah, why not? Fair enough. I... And just to bring this to uh, to a lovely close, Dan, I'm going to give you a chance to just hold your horses for two seconds. Oh, okay. um, report, I was talking to my mate this morning, he was suggesting that, uh, that yesterday saw the, the good and the bad of Emil Heskey. Now, I was thinking to myself mm. earlier on, as, as we've led to believe Craig Davis is on his way, it's going to leave us pretty lacking in physical strength up front. Now, obviously, Heskey is a bit of a tank. He's a bit of a wardrobe on legs, isn't he? But he's never going to score you more than two or three goals in a season. Um, if you're letting Craig Davies go, are you re-signing Heskey? Yes. I, I, we, we answered this question. We asked this question the other day. Yeah. And um, the last one, you loudly, rudely, abruptly I know. just shouted, it, no! It was, it was a bit disagree. rude, wasn't it? And I, and I think I have, I have changed my mind a little bit in the last two last yeah. last week, given the two performances with the big man. But uh, give us your thoughts. Well, yeah, I think, as you say, he's not a goal scorer. He's... He's not been for about 10 years now and he's displayed that beautifully on Saturday when he stormed through really well. He held off a defender probably nearly half his age, throw him on his ass, and looked set to finish, but then, as he does, hits it wide. But he's not there really for goals. I say we will need to sign a replacement for Craig Davis for his goals and Lafondra too because we're going to be quite light in that area already or even more in the next year. So... But I, I think we have to, just like I do, I think we do have to keep Pesky as well because his experience is a lot, it's unparalleled, it's unparalleled Bear Rider. And I think he does offer a lot. I'm really surprised at how much he's played this year. Like, we're not mm, had much of a, yeah, we don't have much choice really, but without him and Ida as well, like, we would be in the shite really. And I think he has got a lot of qualities. A lot of, he's often a laughing stock in English football for obvious reasons, but um, I think he. He's a type of player who only fans of the club he plays for can really appreciate because he does offer so much more. Like against Brentford, he showed when he set up Brentford and Lafondra's goal with a wonderful pass, really well timed. And obviously, he can hold the ball up. He set um, Ida's goal up against Cardiff with a um, good knockdown. He's a very good player, one who's very much underappreciated by the public. And I think that's most because the perception of him is that he's. Just some cart arse who can't score. But fair dues, mate. I, I, I think I'm starting to come round to your way of thinking. Now, as a final point, I know I said final point two seconds ago, but something's <laughs> just come to mind. On the subject of cart horses, uh, I don't know if you noticed, but our friend uh, Sir Robert of Hall knocked, knocked himself in a couple of goals at the weekend for MK Dons. Uh, in, in, in ten words or less, has he got a future at Wanderers League? Ten words or less, right, OK. Um, That's eight. His, yes, yes. <laughs> if his attitude improves significantly and can be asked, excellent, well. Dan. Dan, you've got uh, you've got nine words to tell me what you think about oh, that Before last, before the weekend, I would have said no. But with the quality right. displayed with his second goal, which was amazing, I'd maybe go back on that and give him the summer, see if he can impress Lennon. If not, see if we okay. can get some money for him. That was thirty-nine words, Dan. It was, it was. Keep that, it that, that's an indefinite suspension from the love pod. Uh, oh, I'll, give you, I'll give you mine in three words. Uh, found his level. And on that bombshell, we'll, we'll draw that segment to a quick close and we'll be back in a minute or two to run down the Twitter question for the week and let you know about the upcoming LOV awards, which you'll all be glad to know are a matter of days away, I think, or a week. But we'll talk about that more after the break. Alrighty, welcome back to the final segment of Love Pod 7. Uh, we've still, still got Dan and Lee hanging around like a bad smell, uh, waiting to be uh, prodded, poked and generally 
bothered by your host, which is myself. Uh, we're going to refer to the Twitter question, right? So let's dive straight in. Twitter question we posted last week. I don't know if you remember. I'm sure you do. Um, you're only going to be allowed to give two out-of-contract players new contracts. Uh, this is because of financial fair play reasons imposed by the podcast. Uh, but who would you pick and why? Uh, as usual, we had a, a fantastic uh, set of answers from the fan base. You've all been very generous in uh, giving us your time, helping us out and uh, providing us with some full, frank and often irrelevant answers. Uh, but we'll come to them in a moment or two. <laughs> so, in order to start, uh, my very first one is from Comrade Wanderer, Joe Norris. Uh, friend of the pod, uh, Wiganer, uh, just a quick nod to Wigan. Lads, thank you for delaying the inevitable on Saturday. Um, we're still going to laugh at you. Just going to make wait a little bit longer, but we're still going to laugh. Uh, Comrade Wanderer, Bogdan, keep the token ginger. Oh, I don't appreciate that comment whatsoever. Uh, Bannon, if he had two feet, he'd be playing for Barcelona. Interesting. Uh, we've got Ross Keats. It's imperative we re-sign Tierney. One of the few signings Friedman brought in that made a real difference. Well, Ross, that ain't going to happen. Tini is retired from football, uh, as you well know. Uh, Kieran, BWFC. Bogdan, one of the best goalkeepers in the league and is probably worth the most to us in terms of transfer value. So a very good point, uh, but doesn't answer that question because I said two. So that's just one. Kieran has replied in a second tweet. Thank you, Kieran. Ida, he's fantastic for younger players and offers a lot that others can't. The rest are replaceable. I'm all. I'm all indeed. We've then got Adam, Viney BWFC, Bogdan and Ida. That's it. Fair enough. What else needs to be said? Ben Moore, player of the season, Prattley. Good Johnson. I don't have to give a reason for him. Well, we asked for a reason, so you do. <laughs> uh, Chris Merrill's BWFC, C. Merrill's BWFC, Ida and Bogdan, captain and vice-captain. Bogdan, one of the best goalies in the league, and Ida's class is invaluable. Luke, Luke BWFC, only two, question mark. Would be Bogdan and Lafondra for me. Alf could be that 20-25 goal a season, man. And Bogdan, one of the best goalies in the league. I totally agree with you there. Doesn't technically answer the question, but we'll let you off. Uh, JJF22, Jay Fogarty. Keep both keepers anyway. Both were very impressive since Lennon took over. Also, Amos has done very well too. Valid point, but I'm not sure that is the best uh, usage of the funds that we've got. But fair enough mm. anyway. Uh, definitely, he also sent a second tweet. Uh, Defo tried to keep Lafondra. Knows where the goal is. Yep, no problem there whatsoever. We've got Matthew Pryor, friend of the pod and Batman enthusiast. Bogdan times two. Give him two contracts to keep him longer. I like your style, my friend, and I'm not just talking about your football. Luke Wilson, Luke underscore Wanderers, Prattley and Good Johnson. So we've got a common theme coming there. And to finish off, we've got Exiled Trotter. This is an interesting Twitter account this because it's spelled exiled wrong. It's always bothered me that, but it seems like a decent guy. Lafondra and Bogdan. So, Bishop, most people didn't read the question because they gave us answers that weren't entirely relevant, but we love you anyway. Uh, people on that we love a little bit less. Um, Dan, Lee, you can answer the question. I'm going to come to you first, Dan. Only okay. allowed two players, to out of contact hmm. players. I cannot specify that enough. Out of yeah. Players that you can sign. Who's it going to be and why? To give the readers a little bit of credit, after Luke tweeted in his answer about Lafond wanting Lafondra, I did may have said, I guess you can count loans as they are technically out of contract. So that is my fault. My apologies. <laughs> but I'll stick to just our players who are out of contract. I don't want to sound, I don't want to follow the trend. So. I don't know, it's hard. I think if that's, that's the question. Yeah, exactly, the exactly. Question. I think, let's say funds are so limited, I think we have to keep Bogdan because if funds are so limited, then getting a replacement to his calibre is going to be hard to find. And he obviously is one of the best keepers in the league. And if he can, if he, because he's had a bit of injury problem this season, if he can stay injury, fit, can, injury clean as well next season, then we've got just a very solid uh, commanding goalkeeper. So And as Chris Merrills, I think, said, a, a leader as well who I'd consider a candidate for captaincy should Mills leave. And then I'm going to go controversially and say Heskey, because as we've just said previously, I think Heskey's had a great impact at the club. He may not score many, but I think his on the ball ability and uh, his battering Ram esque play is unparalleled and not been seen since Kevin Davis graced the Reebok turf. So Very interesting. Very interestingly, two players, who and why? Um, for me, 
Bogdan is replaceable. He's not been amazing. And like I say, he has spent a lot of time on the treatment table. So why I'd say Prattley and Good Johnson. Um, Prattley um, has been um, sorely missed uh, his work rate and his tenacity and, and and his goal scoring as well from midfield, which no one else has replicated. Not even not even uh, young Barry, uh, the uh, pisshead Scotsman. So um, so basically, um, Prattley for me, um, he won me round hugely with those performances, and um, also like Ida is uh, irreplaceable. Like someone else mentioned, one of the answers said uh, the rest are replaceable. I do believe Bogdan is replaceable, and he would want a lot of money. I think Bogdan, I think he's got to be on fifteen a week. Um, whereas Good Johnson probably don't need the money. He's made his money. He might have lost it all gambling, but um, basically, Good Johnson would probably pay for play for probably a bit less than, than Bogdan, and his um, influence, as we've all alluded to and repeated and repeated on this on this podcast itself many times, his influence in the dressing room and his very presence at our club um, lifts the profile of our club for potential signings. And him, he and uh, Prattley, for me, are the two irreplaceable ones. Obviously, Lafondra and Bonnet, Bannon, we've alluded to before, but I'm just taking it from our players, like you say. And it's definitely them two for me, 100% them two. Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, valid points there, lads. I'm going to sort of come in the middle of it there and just say, for me, Bogdan and Good Johnson... Um, I know what you're saying, Lee Bogdan. I'm not going to come out and say he's the, you know, the best goalkeeper of all time, but I think he's probably as good a goalkeeper as we can get and as we can hope mm. to have at this level. Um, and so I would shove a bit of money his way, get him re-signed. Uh, and yet, good Johnson, just because it's good Johnson, to be honest with you, um, I, I didn't know what to expect when he re-signed, but he's exceeded everything that I expected. And he's done a lot better than I thought he would. And he continues to improve and he continues to impress every single week. So, yeah. Sorry to the rest of the lads, but you're going to have to find somewhere else next season. Uh, right, next week, next week uh, I'm not going to be here. I'm going to be in Florida. I'm going to be at Disney uh, meeting Anna and Elsa, my childhood heroes. Um, but we have got a question set up for you guys. Do you think Neil Lennon's zero-tolerance policy with regards to discipline is the right one? Or do you think he needs to treat his players like adults, give them a slap on the wrist and move on? Uh, you can have a little think about that over the coming days and uh, and get back to us on the line of inner Twitter account and we'll read out the best ones next week. Uh, I won't be reading them, obviously, but you'll soon hear them in the lovely, t- dulcet tones of Daniel Murphy. Uh, it is to the very same Daniel Murphy. I'm just going to hand the torch for a couple of moments while he discusses the up-and-coming LOV Awards series, which you'll be finding on the website lineofviennasweek.com in the coming days. Dan, what, what can you tell the lovely yeah. listeners what yeah. to expect? Yes, hello everyone. Basically, what we're going to be doing over the next two weeks or so, leading up to the last game of the season is we've got nine categories that we'd like you to vote on. And basically, we're going to post an article, hopefully once a, one a day, hopefully, depending on what we're doing. Most of them are written, so... So it should be all good. And we're going to, different categories, we're going to basically publish the article, basically have the nominations that we've chosen amongst ourselves, a lot of squabbling on the old Facebook group chat about who should be where, and um, compile the lists of each category for you. So you'd like to check a look at that, check the videos that have been embedded, if they are relevant, and cast your vote to who you think, let's say, the goal of the season, best moment, young player, best player, best signing, funniest moment of the season and so on, and if you could leave your vote when when they're all counted up, this the weekend after the season is finished, we're going to be doing a special LOV Award podcast where we'll, four of your four of your favourite hosts will come together to discuss the awards, and hopefully I'm, I'll be able to keep, it all, keep them all secret so they don't know. So it's a bit of a surprise when the winner is announced, and we'll have a grand old time together and talk about the season as it, uh, that has just passed. Thank you. Well, I think, Dan, um, I think with that, Dan, uh, that, uh, that sounds like a better option than the actual Bolton Wanderers official uh, end of season awards, which sounds like a, just a, a damp squib um, in the end of season party. So be sure to catch ours because it'll be oh. actually have more fanfare to it than the actual official clubs one. Definitely. So uh, definitely tune in. I can speak from experience there, lad. I went to one of the end of the season play of the year bashes. It was the year we got relegated on the night of the Stoke match, actually. The only time I've ever been to one of those goals is I got a I got a complimentary ticket off the club, and, uh, and it was a very strange evening. That I can tell you, it started off very somber with uh, with the chairman giving a you know a, a tear tear inducing speech about relegation and what 
being in the Premier League meant to the club. Owen Coyle then giving a, a, a speech reminiscent of, of William Wallace on the battlefields of Braveheart. You know, we're going to go straight back up, no problems whatsoever. He didn't show his bare ass to the crowd, but I think it might have been heading that way. You had Nigel Rio Coker sat there with a face like a slapped ass. He couldn't wait to get out. And then I spent the rest of the evening telling Chris Eagles that I thought he was going to score 20 goals the next season. I think I told him the same thing on four different occasions. He took it all with good grace. And then I spent the night dancing with Stuart Holden and his missus on the dance floor. So, it, it, you know, up and down evening, but certainly a memorable one. Uh, but we hope you do come and join us for the LOV Awards special. Uh, we do promise drinks and nibbles for all. And if Dan sorts himself out, we may even get a drum roll sound effect in there somewhere. So that's about it. <laughs> that's about it for another LOV pod. Um, just want to say thanks to Dan. And thanks to Lee for your time. Um, much appreciated. Um, listeners, you know where we are on iTunes. You know where we are on Facebook, Twitter, and lineofgainersweek.com. Subscribe. Leave a review. Keep, keep it five stars. Come on. Um, and we'll be back same time next week. Or maybe at a different time. But probably next time. Next week. Roughly the same sort of time. Uh, I've been Chris. Uh, that's been Dan. That's been Lee. And we'll see you later on the road. Cheers. Bye.